and welcome to So What's the Problem, where we rewatch a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy, and today we will be discussing uh, My Girl 2, which was released in the US on 11th of February 1984, and, and, the, and, and the UK and Ireland on 22nd of July 1984. It was written by uh, Janet Kovlik and directed by Howard Ziff. Um, did he write did he write? Did he direct the original film? Or I think so. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> um, it, star- it stars Dan Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis, Anna Klumsky, Austin O'Brien, Richard Mazur, Christine Ebersole, um, Angeline Ball, briefly. Uh, yeah. Jimmy and I have each thought of three problems the movie has, and we'll discuss them. We also each have a positive. Yes, we do indeed. Um, the reason I was stumbling over the names is because I didn't write them down and I was reading them off IMDb, so I was just picking and choosing what names to... Usually I write it down, but I forget. I usually forget to the last minute to write down the intro. It's scandalous. They, I looked it up. They do both have uh, the same director. Right, okay, cool. Um, right, so what's your history with this movie then, Jen, since this is your pick? Um, well, first of all, you should know I read the novelization, just like with My Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. I, I feel like I should always bring up when I read the novelization. Yeah. That was like, <laughs> I mean, I know they still do novelizations, but that was like a big thing in like the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Um, now they do it for movies like Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills is a novel. Yeah, it's on Audible. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Um, I remember when I rented My Girl when it first came out on VHS and there was like a little teaser before it. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, Veda will return and My Girl too. <laughs> and I remember being both excited and annoyed, even as a little kid, just being like, do I need that? Thomas J's dead. Do I need that? She's like James but then, Bond. But then also I like Veda Sultanfest. So yeah. I wanted to, and I wanted to see her. Um, so when it came out, I honestly can't remember if I was excited or not. Um, I saw it. I didn't hate it, but I was annoyed. I was annoyed by a lot of it. Um, and then when we did My Girl for the podcast, we realized, obviously, this would have been better because My Girl is a damn fine film. Mm-hmm. And uh, there wasn't as much problematic stuff to talk about. Yeah. So. Um, I don't remember when I watched this. This is one of those movies where it's like, I know I've seen this. Mm-hmm. And I watched it when it came out. So I must have watched it when it was in VHS, and I just never bothered watching it ever again. But I definitely saw it when it first came out because I have seen this, um, and I don't think I, I don't think my sister ever watched this because when she was getting older, she watched My Girl. Mm-hmm. She likes My Girl, but I, she must have watched this at some point. But uh, and maybe I watched it with her. But this is this is just one of those nothing movies for me. Um. I don't particularly like it, and I just think it's... Well, we'll get into it. But uh, I really do like the original, as you know. Mm-hmm. So this is just one of those, yeah, it's a sequel that didn't really need to happen. But it happened, we got it. It's... It's, it's right. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's not really needed, this movie. I, I know, like, Hollywood is a business, and if a movie's popular... Then and it makes money, then they want to make more money. I get it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's not as though there was going to be a My Girl Cinematic Universe or anything, you know what I mean? You didn't really need to have 
a sequel well, to it. We'll get into this later. You're you're starting conversations from one of my problems. So, <sighs> oh, okay. <laughs> right. So, what's your first problem then? Uh, my first problem is the mom backstory. It doesn't bother me as much now as it did when I was younger. But mm. and I and I at this point don't necessarily think it's a terrible thing. It's just a disappointing thing to me. Like in the first movie, you know, her mom died while having her, and you just kind of imagine. At least I imagine like a more traditional thing that it's like her parents were together for years and then she got pregnant and she had Veda and there was something very disappointing to me about it turning out to be like a nine month relationship that Mm -hmm. like her dad didn't really know her mom that well and that like if she hadn't gotten pregnant who knows how long they would have lasted because they didn't know each other very well and it it's it just takes away i guess from the romanticism about it that i had you know yeah see i didn't i, I don't think the same way as you we all know this right yeah but um but i don't like it because it is so overly convoluted mm-hmm. and it is just that way just so they can have a sequel yeah. that is one of the problems is that they have no idea what they're going to do for the sequel they can't just introduce another boy to die at the end for her to feel bad about or yeah. another teacher for her to fall in love with. They can't do exactly the same thing. So why don't they send her away? Like, you know, Veda in California. You know, that's that's something that you don't, you know, Veda in LA or whatever, that's something that, you know, it's, it might have some, uh, some good storyline there taking her out of her comfort zone and putting her somewhere else. But why are we going to do that? Oh, let's just make up some bullshit about her mum. All right, fine. Well, I feel like they could have even done the same thing without having... I mean, I think they did the nine-month timeline because they wanted her to question who her father was. But they could have gotten rid of that and just had it be that, like, she wanted to learn more about her mom. So she goes to California. Like, it doesn't have to be the way it is and like you could still do the same story and just change it a little but there was something something just very strange to me as a kid hearing like oh her parents were only together for like the length of the pregnancy like that's essentially like just yeah. enough for her to get pregnant and then have a baby um, yeah and that was just i don't know it was just really weird to me um I didn't like yeah. it. And I and I don't I looking back it's like I honestly I don't have a really good reason for not liking it. I just don't. <laughs> no, I think you do. Actually, because I do think it kind of it makes it makes a mother out to be something that we didn't think that she was. Mm-hmm. Right? We thought that she was this like she would have been this loving mum um and loving wife, but the fact that she only knew uh Dan Aykroyd's character was it Harry Mm-hmm. Harry for um nine months roughly is just a bit like well okay so she just he just stuck around because she was pregnant is that what you're telling me now it's like it I mean, wasn't it wasn't the, true love <laughs> the way the story is told it sounds like he didn't ask her to marry him because she was pregnant but it's also the situation where like like that like, they found out she was pregnant after that because he had like proposed pretty early but like. And no offense to anyone listening who has had a short courtship that went well, mm-hmm. but it's hard for me to like really feel like, oh, they must have had a great romance 
it's yeah. so short. Like, yeah. I yeah, I, I do know a couple that got engaged after six months and married six months after that, and they've been together for 15 years. It's not that I don't believe it can happen, but most people I've, know, I've known that, you know, got engaged within six months or so did not last. And it's hard for me to find it super romantic. To be fair, though, Harry does seem to have form of that because of Shelley. Mm-hmm. We do have, like, the short courtship between Harry and Shelley in the first movie. So maybe they were just sort of going off of that. It's well, like, well, Harry does have form. But we we just see, did he propose in My Girl? Yes. Oh, okay, I didn't remember that. Yeah, well, it's Jamie Lee Curtis. Why wouldn't you fall in love with Jamie Lee Curtis? I don't okay. know. I don't know why that doesn't bother me, and this does. Maybe it's because I got to see them together more. Maybe that. Maybe that. No, I absolutely but... understand. We don't really know anything about Harry and um, Maggie. We don't know anything other than he loved her, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that's basically it. And she died giving birth to Vera. It's like that's all we know about her. But they, they seem to. I don't know. I don't want to say they make her out to be a bit of a slut. But they do kind of make it out to be, because they give the whole, Harry might not be Vader's dad's mm. uh, storyline, and it's uh, aye. and it's like, well, why do that? Why bring that up? That's not, that's not really, that's not nice, really, to yeah. put that on this character that's supposed to be wonderful and fantastic and, you know, everybody loved her. And it's like, now it's like, yeah, not everybody loved her, but people just kind of, you know, they remember her, and mm-hmm. um, and it's like, well, it's just kind of taking away this, you know, what we thought about her in the first movie, and I don't like that sort of thing either. It's just, it's false drama. Well, and I, I hate that they make it seem almost like she might be excited this guy's her dad. Like, she doesn't seem, like, really upset. Like, you know, you watch Veronica Mars, and she's heartbroken by the idea that her dad might not be her biological dad, right? (laughs) And Veda's kind of like, well, maybe this guy's my dad. Like, she seems pretty chill about it. She does. I wish they actually had the balls to actually say that Harry isn't the real dad and this dude was the real dad. I wish they did that. I'm glad they didn't. I would have hated that. No, I know, I know you would have, but I just think that would have been pretty fucking balls if they did that. It would have made the, the storyline mean something, mm-hmm. other than, I think you might be my dad. No, I'm not. Okay, fine, bye. I agree with you. I don't like it. I just don't, it just doesn't sit right. And it's, like, they already make the uncle, what's the uncle's name? I've uncle Phil. Name. Uncle Phil. They already make Uncle Phil, um, now I'm just thinking about the Fresh Prince. Belia, <laughs> thinking of Uncle Phil. Um, uh, yeah, so they make Uncle Phil move to California for some reason, right? Mm-hmm. So why not just have it her going to stay with her Uncle Phil? You know? Well, she needs to be on some sort of. She needs to have a mission. Does she? It, yeah, I think so. And if anything, to like force her and Austin O'Brien to be together. I don't well, know. That, that would have I, happened anyway. I mean, her being on been... a mission, I like that. Like, I like her being a little detective. No, that's fine. Movie. It's just that why did they need to force Uncle Phil to move just to have Veda to do that? It just seems a bit, you know? It's And, and it just seems convoluted to me. That's all. It's just very convoluted. I, this is probably crazy, but do you know what, uh, what this reminds me of? What? 
Scream 3. Yeah. Yeah. It's Scream yeah. 3. It's finding out about, you know, your mother and, like, the idea. Like, I mean, I know in the first Scream, like, we're led to believe her mom sleeps around. But it's, like, this idea you get in your head of what this mother is. Yeah, and, I mean, for the sake that. of plot, they they send her to California and have her live a very different life. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and also, with Scream 3, as we know, I hate the fact that they change up, that it was actually, you know, that Billy wasn't the mastermind, it was some yeah. other cunt, and it's like, well, why? Why do that? Uh, oh, never mind, let's not get into that fucking shit movie again. <laughs> what, what's your first problem? <laughs> um, Judy isn't a very good friend. I mean, Vader sort of winds her up at the beginning with the whole mm. corpse thing, and it's like, yeah, maybe not do that. But uh, but yeah, Judy's Judy's not very nice. She's she seems nice, and then she says, "Oh, he really likes you," but then she ends up from like the very next day, and it's like, "What? What? What are you doing, Judy?" I mean, She's Vader a is a teenage isn't, girl. I know, but Vader isn't really showing any fucking interest in him. Yeah, you know, Vader's not really giving a shit that he exists. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? I've got a theory, right? I think that Vader is actually gay, hmm. right? Vader is gay and she is being sort of forced into all these sort of relationships because it's in the early 70s. Yeah, because she sees straight people everywhere, right? Everywhere Vader goes, there's straight people, right? And her dad's constantly talking about her not meeting any boys and blah, 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 blah. I really think that Vader's... I don't think Vader really cares. Because she even says that that Thomas J wasn't his, wasn't her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. They were just friends. And, you know, I just think that... I, I think secretly Vader is gay, but everybody's just cramming all this heterosexual bullshit in her face, including Judy, who is making her think that she fancies this guy even though she doesn't fancy this guy, and then blah, 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 and then her parents talk her into going... You know, it's that's just my I, <laughs> I relate to Veda a lot at that age because it is she always felt to me like this character that wasn't interested in boys, wasn't interested in romance, mm-hmm. but you're surrounded by people that are and you're being told that's what you should want. Yeah. Like, I remember cuz I um I didn't have a boyfriend till like longer than my other friends. Mm-hmm. Um and I didn't really care. And everyone acted like I should. And so I would start to feel like I cared. And then I'd be like, no, I don't. I'm just like do- doing what I feel like I should. Right? Yeah. But like, it just wasn't important to me. And I get the feeling. Like- and of course, that did lead a lot of people to think I was gay. Um, yeah. I mean, that happens to I- a lot of asexual people as well. Mm-hmm. That's a thing that if you've grown up in a certain time period that people cram a lot of things into your head and then saying oh you should feel this way you should think this way why don't you have a girlfriend blah 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 you know or boyfriend mm. <laughs> i'm not talking about him i've yeah. not talking about anyone in particular obviously <laughs> um but well, yeah like, with xander he's eight and his friends for years have had crushes and like they you know go out and like you know when they were a little younger like they would say so and so was their wife or whatever mm-hmm 
and Xander's just like, I don't care about romance. Romance is gross. Like, his friends are all having little crushes and stuff. And he's just like, he does not give a fuck. And yeah. he's just like I was. I remember in first grade, this girl ran up to me in the hall. And she was like, oh, my God, did you hear so-and-so and so-and-so broke up? And I was like, they were together? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, aren't we too young to have boyfriends? Yeah. And she looked at me like I was crazy. But it's like, yeah, we were too young to have boyfriends. That's It was first grade. Um, But then I got to middle school and it was like my friends all went boy crazy. And it's not like I never had crushes, but like I didn't care about having a boyfriend. And I that Mm. was supposed to be the most important thing. And I knew I knew Judy's, you know, I still know Judy's. Yeah. But I even think that the Nick thing is sort of just shoehorned in there as well. Yeah. Um, But we'll get into that in my next problem. So what is your second problem? Uh, When she goes to see that guy that she thinks might be her dad. I don't remember mm. his name. Mm. Phil just like lets her go into this strange man's house alone. Yeah. Nobody acknowledges that Phil's there either. Like no. the, the the would-be dad doesn't see Phil in the car and sort of goes, She'll be fine, it's alright, just you know, like nothing like that. Phil's just sitting there, probably sleeping. Phil's just like, go ahead, knock on a stranger's door and go in. Mm. That's not okay. I'd be. I'm more no. concerned about that than the ears piercing. I don't think her dad had the right concerns about sending yeah. her to LA. Jeffrey. His name's Jeffrey. Okay, Jeffrey. Which that was a very nice, lovely scene. I thought he was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Is Jeffrey not the name of the butler in Fresh Prince of Bel Air? It is. It is. Holy shit! There's no Carlton though. No, no, no Carlton. Um. No, that was a that was a a lovely scene. I do, I do like that. I do like the the ending of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like the third act is, like that whole thing is lovely, and her seeing her mum, basically mm-hmm. for the first time, yeah, was just really nice. Anna Klumski's sort of performance there, and she's just watching this video in awe mm-hmm. of this woman that she knew was her mother but never met, and it's like she's not quite crying; she's almost there, mm-hmm. but you know she's just sort of fascinated by it and just she's yeah it's a beautiful scene it is really well done that scene and i like that jeffrey's wife knows all about it Mm -hmm. as well people in this movie are like super nice like you think Mm -hmm. about shelly that in a lot of movies and in real life um honestly like a lot of women would have a problem with like their stepdaughter talking so much about their even if she died, their their husband's ex or whatever. And, like, she's so supportive. And mm-hmm. she, like, she's listening to the stories about, like, you know, she's listening to Harry tell stories about when he was married to her. There's, like, there's no bitterness or jealousy or just, like, that's not my business or anything. She's genuinely enjoying hearing about that part of his life. Yeah, and also and, she's pregnant. So yeah. she is, like, extra hormonal. And it's amazing she's, mm. like, going, I don't fucking care, you know? <laughs> Shelly just seems like the best stepmom. Like, she's just so nice. Like, everybody in this movie, there's not bitterness, right? Like, the mm-hmm. only bitterness there is in this movie is Phil's annoyed that, like, some guy's hitting on his girlfriend. But, right, like, okay. everyone we'll else, e- even Austin O'Brien's character, even though he's annoyed at first about having to take her around, he seems to get over it pretty quickly. Like, you expect it to kind of go on throughout the whole movie. But yeah. But really, like, he, he gets invested in her, her journey pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean that's not how it would normally be written. I don't think. Okay. Oh, these people are nice. Yeah. Okay. So right. So my second problem is I don't like Nick. 
<laughs> All right. Um, because he pretends to drop the ring into the tarpon. Oh yeah. Um, right after she tells him the story of why that mm-hmm. ring is important, and that is a dick move. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if it's some weird fucking teenager courting thing. I don't care. It was a bullshit thing to do. Yeah. And he's um. And I just think he's a little dick in general a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of the movie, he just sort of ceases to exist <laughs> until the yeah. kiss pointlessly at the end. And it doesn't really mean anything. Um, I know she says that he's coming to visit her in the summer, but mm-hmm. oh, no, it's not. Nothing. They're cousins, you know. Yeah, kissing, cousins. <laughs> kissing cousins. And oh, by the way, um, Second Dustin O'Brien movie that we've done on yeah. this, and the second one with mm-hmm. tar pits in it. I and because of that, because I never heard of the tar pits until those movies, I just associate Austin O'Brien with tar with pits. the tar pits if 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 they get mentioned anywhere. Yeah. Um. Is it the same tar pits? Yeah. It would yeah. be the same tar pits. It's the same tar pits. Yeah. So I always remember the tar pits, but I always remember him throwing it from mm. the first time I watched it, and I hated him for it. I just think that was a horrible thing to do, especially when she's. I mean, if he didn't understand, mm-hmm. like the the point of the the mood ring, if he just mm-hmm. said, "Oh, mood ring, can I wear it?" and then he pretends, and then she tells him the story, then that's different. But it's the fact that she sits there and pours her heart out about Thomas, yeah, and says that he died, and that this is the only thing that reminds me of him, blah blah blah. Well, what is this reminds me of him, blah blah blah, and he still does it. It's like fuck you, dick. Mm-hmm. Right, so what is your third problem? Okay, uh, the existence of this movie. Right, that's all we have time for. Um, <laughs> we just it's, end I mean, it there. It's a little more complicated than that. So yeah, yeah. What, I've seen it a few times in the past, and I remember not really liking it. And then I watched it this time, and I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. Um, my problem is, and this is... This is having a more early 90s mentality because now you just kind of assume there's a sequel to everything, right? Mm-hmm. But this is still a time where while there were a lot of sequels, there weren't it wasn't like it is now where there's just tons of sequels and remakes and reboots and all kinds of things. And so I just remember thinking, why is there a sequel to this movie? We don't need it. Because it and it wasn't as common then to do that. And no. that they I love the character Veda, and I love Anna Klumsky. She's the a six-time Emmy Award nominee for Veep. She's fucking fantastic. Mm. I was so happy when she got back into acting. Um, and watching her as Veda is great. And watching this movie, I see why, you know, they might think, oh, we should do this. Like, I mean, obviously, My Girl Made Money, and that's the main thing. But it's like you have this character that people might want to follow, even without Thomas J. Um but it's just so forced. And the thing that would make it better to me, which is so funny because I was reading um, uh, Ebert's review of it. And he and, and it's also something you said earlier about Cinematic Universe. Like he was talking about like, we don't need to see more My Girl movies and like don't need to see more after this. And I'm like, no, actually, I think this movie would play better for me if there had been another one a few years later, like maybe when she was 18. Like if 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 there was a small series of movies about this girl growing up and just going through um, just a whole like little coming of age series, I actually think this movie would play better for me. 
Um, if, yeah. if we followed her a little more, um, especially especially she came out of the closet like a yeah, 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 yeah. you would want. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like I, I think it would have been interesting if we'd had one or two more movies where we just kind of get to see her going through like the growing up stuff, and um, so it's like I don't want this movie to exist, or I want more movies to exist. And the thing is, is I was watching it and I was like, well, I because I thought the story was interesting. Like it's not an exciting story, but I thought the plot of the movie was interesting. And I was like, well, why couldn't they just do it and not have to be my girl? And I'm like, well, no, because you have to be emotionally invested in the character. Like, you couldn't just do yeah. this movie with a random person. You have to be invested in your main character. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's it's my feelings about this are a lot more complicated than they used to be. But um, I do. I try not to be the person who complains about sequels too much because these days I don't really care. But when I was younger, it was one of those things where it's like, if there's a sequel that's bad or a sequel you just don't like very much, it feels like it kind of taints the original. And while I yeah. don't feel that way anymore, I that's definitely why I didn't like this movie for so long. It's because I felt like it tainted the original. Well, I mean, the original still looked bad. It's the same with, I mean, like, people constantly complaining these days about remakes and reboots and stuff, and it's like, well, yeah. it it's not going to take anything away. If you watch a movie now, like a remake of a movie that you enjoyed when you were growing up, mm-hmm. and if you say, or if you think, like, absolutely, 100% believe that that movie, the remake, has taken anything away from the original movie, that problem is on you. It's not yeah. on... The the remake or the original movie. That's all you. Well, and like I said, I'm not like that anymore, but I used to be. But part of it is... Yeah, the, I didn't the mean thing... you. I meant, like, no, people the, in general. <laughs> the, the, the one thing I can justify as far as it, like... I'm never going to say it ruins the original, because the original still exists. It's there. Mm-hmm. You can just watch that if you want to. The thing that I think can taint it is, like... Yeah, I can say I don't acknowledge the sequels, but I'm still going to be watching Home Alone and be aware that Kevin McAllister is going to get lost the next year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Th- that's the thing is that it's hard, hard. It's like, um, I know people who, well, I say I know people. I've seen people on the internet who will say, yeah, I watched the first five seasons of Buffy and that's it. I don't acknowledge the next two. And I'm like, how could you not? <laughs> like, how do you, how do you just ignore it? I, I don't know how to do that. You know? Well, I... I do acknowledge season six and seven of Buffy, but in rewatches, I would happily just watch up to the end of five and then not watch anymore. It's the same with Supernatural. Supernatural ends at the end of season five, yeah. and there doesn't need to be another ten seasons of Supernatural. Um, so with Buffy, while I do acknowledge that season six and seven exist and there are good episodes in those seasons, mm-hmm. um, and we've got Once More with Feeling, and you can't not watch Once More with Feeling because yeah. it's fantastic. But I do think in a rewatch, I would probably just watch to the end of five and then maybe once more we're feeling and, you know, that's about it. I love season seven. I don't love season seven, but there is good stuff in season seven. There definitely is. And there's some good character stuff in season seven. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, I just think that season five is like the natural end of the show. It does make sense to me mm. that it ends that way. Um but I just but yeah. I, I have trouble ignoring like if I've seen another part of a series or you know whether it's movies or TV it's hard to completely ignore it and it's so weird to me the people I mean I I'm jealous of the people that can um and it is like well, you don't you don't have to ignore it I mean you don't have to you can still acknowledge that it exists no but I would love if I could ignore certain things 
Like right. I, I would love it if I could watch Home Alone and have it be a pure experience and not, and just not even think about Home Alone too. Nay. But I know it exists and I've seen it and someday we should talk about it because I have a lot of complaints. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Well, um, maybe maybe this year will be the year that we do Home Alone too. Maybe. Um, I still haven't watched the new one. I already know what we're going to do for the... for the. Um, I haven't watched the new one either, actually. Um, I still know... I, I know what we're going to do for uh, our uh, New Year's episode. So I've already, already. that. Is it when yeah. Harry met Sally? No. no. But I don't even know... I don't even know if it's my... If it will be my turn that, that week. But, you know, it might be. Yeah. But if it is, <laughs> I know what it is. What's your third problem? I really don't give a shit about Phil and Rosie's drama. Mm. I don't care. It, that whole thing with the, the guy in the car and who gives a fuck? I don't care. Well, and as someone who truly believes in living with your partner before getting married, like, I couldn't get into the whole drama of, like, I know it's the 70s and everything, but that they live together, but they're not married and, like, <laughs> how wrong that is or whatever. And that, like, he's doing something wrong by wanting to live with her without being married. I don't, I yeah. can't, I, that just seems like bullshit. Like, if she just wants to be married, don't invite a man to live with you. Yeah. Like, yeah. just, just be like, I'm not living with you until we're married. Like, I, that whole thing was, I couldn't, I couldn't get behind it. Um, but I will say I was watching licorice pizza the other day mm -hmm. and, um, there was a character where like, there was an actress I saw and I was like, what do I know her from? What do I know? And it was Rose. Nice. Like it, this was exactly what I knew. Like, I know I've seen her in other things, but this was the thing I knew her from. And so I was glad mm -hmm. to figure that out. <laughs> but, and yeah. I like Rose, um, her character, no, I like, Rose. like she didn't get a lot to do, but I, I enjoyed her. Um, I just, we didn't really need their drama. No, it's just it's just shoehorned in there because they mm -hmm. wanted to give Uncle Phil something to do, you know. Yeah, Phil needs to do something because we know he is an established character from the first movie, and somehow, some reason, he's now moved away. Um, for some whatever reason. Sometimes people move away. It, no, no, but it's just again, it's just forced, forced convoluted bullshit. Just so Veda can get out of town and move away so she can mm. go and live with her uncle. Fine, fair enough. It is what it is, but I just feel as though that it was just forced crap. Um, and then we get more forced crap with this other guy who likes Rose mm. and Phil, um, you know, whether or not Phil's going to step up and be a man rather than a fucking child and being childish and babyish and an arsehole. And it's like, don't care. I don't give a shit. But I do like Rose. Uh, so what is your positive? I mean, it seems like an obvious answer, but Anna Klumsky slash Veda Sultanfuss. I love the character. Yeah. I do. And like the, the voice they've given her, I love. And Anna Klumsky is just great. I, I was obsessed with her when these movies came out. <laughs> and oh God, and I just thought she was so gorgeous. Like I just wanted <laughs> to look like her. And she she was around a little bit. I know she did a movie with Christina Ricci where she had really bad hair. And um, Yeah, and gold, gold diggers or some shit. Yeah, something like that. And she was the on Legend was, of Bear Mountain or something. Like that. There was a show um that was on for a year called Cupid. 
And she was on an episode of that. And I remember being really excited when she showed up. And then she left the business and she was like working in publishing. Like mm-hmm. I, I would look her up every few years. And so I was kind of following her career. Like there was a point, I think, where she was doing restaurant reviews for Zagat Guide. Um, and she was working in publishing and she finally came back. And it's so funny because one of the first things I saw her in was they um, rebooted Cupid, which once again only lasted one season. And she was in multiple yeah. episodes of that. Um, so I associate her with, which, by the way, the original Cupid, if you can get your hands on some bootlegs or something, mm. that's a good show. Uh, <laughs> it was Rob Thomas and uh, mm. Jeremy Piven, Paula Marshall. Yeah, and I then- think I saw that. And then when it came back, it didn't have the same magic because Paula Marshall and Jeremy Piven just had a really good chemistry. But it had um, Sarah Paulson and uh, Bobby Cannavale. Mm. So both of them had really good cast. But yeah, like, I guess Rob Thomas must have liked Anna Klumski because he kept putting her in that stuff. And then she got yeah, deep. Yeah, yeah. And now everyone knows who she is. Or not everyone. But... She's a bigger name now because she's and she got all those Emmy nominations and she and I'm just it's kind of nice to see someone you were a fan of when you were younger who disappeared, like come back and and just kind of kill it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, God, I was so obsessed with her. But yeah, she's so good in these movies. And I wouldn't I would not have minded seeing another one. Like, I think that that would that would have been lovely if we'd seen one when she was maybe 18, 17, 18. 18, If she was 18, then um, her brother would be five so there would be sort of like a relationship there as well Mm -hmm. so you know um uh maybe shelly was pregnant again who knows just to give you know uh just to give jamie lee curtis some easy easy screen time just to sit in her arse for the majority of the movie and only be there at the beginning and the end I read that Dan Aykroyd and Jamie Lee Curtis weren't going to be in it at first and that they weren't super interested because they weren't going to get much to do and they eventually got them in it and I'm really glad because I think like it would have sucked if it was just it starts and she's in LA and it doesn't happen. Yeah. Especially yeah. because um, it's important for us to see how much her relationship has changed with her dad from the first movie where he mm-hmm. was pretty distant and um, then to see her and Shelly together and just because they're com- everything was so complicated with Shelly in the first movie because she liked her until she liked her dad and um, I think it was just really nice to see them all together. Yeah, what I do like about that is that apart from a line at the beginning of the movie where Veda says, I'm not jealous, I'm not jealous at all, um, but it looks as though, you know, she's she's lying about that. Mm-hmm. Um, there is there is no, she doesn't, there is no, like, animosity. She doesn't care that, you know, she doesn't feel as though she's, she doesn't say anyway that she feels as though she's going to be... Uh, forgotten about when this child is born and stuff mm-hmm. um and i like that 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 shows maturity yeah and um and veda and i could have quite easily have had her complain and moan and bitch about the fact mm-hmm. that you know there's gonna be another baby but you know doesn't happen and i like that uh but that so that sort of goes into my positive and you mentioned it and you said this exact same thing that i'm just about to say jen but Shelley is the best stepmother. <laughs> she is the best. She is just such a great character. Mm-hmm. She seems to be, I don't want to say dumber, but she seems to be sort of less knowing in this one than she was in the first one because she doesn't, 
she doesn't know who uh like I, I imagine like in the first movie the Shelley from the first movie would know exactly who the poet was. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even if he wasn't like a, a big well known name, the one that, that, that Jen eh Jen the one that Veda uh mentions and and, and um Shelley goes, I don't know him and it's like I imagine that the the way that Shelley was written in the first movie, that Shelley would know. Mm. I don't know. I just I see like romances. Be... I know, but she still seems she still seems quite knowledgeable, Shelley in the first movie, mm. to certain things. And in this movie, she doesn't, really. She's just there to sit and have a big fake pregnant belly and then to look ill. And then that's fine because she's all right when she's in the hospital. That was like fake drama as well. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing happened. Um, they didn't even do the... They didn't even do the... Veda is scared that Shelley might die in childbirth like her yeah. mother died in childbirth. They don't do that. And you think that that's is... surprising. The, yeah, that is the easy thing to do mm-hmm. because the great thing is about Veda is she knows her dad. So when her dad's on the phone and he says Shelley's fine, Veda knows that's bullshit and that and that Shelley's ill. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but there's still nothing comes from that. She doesn't worry. She's just like, uh, Shelley's out. I have to go home soon. Mm-hmm. And it's like, right, but you know, at least write it in there that she's worried that Shelley might. You know, it just seems obvious. But anyway, Shelley's great because of the exact same reasons you said. And Jamie Lee Curtis is so lovable. Yeah. She does a really good job. She does a really good job. And I I hope that, like, I know at the time, especially if you're at, like, the peak of your career, that your ego can get in the way and maybe you don't necessarily want to do movies where there's not a lot to do. And I get that. I get that uh, you'd you'd want something more challenging, I assume. But I hope that I hope actors later appreciate these tiny things because, like, yeah, she may it may have not been a challenging movie for her, but having her in it means a lot to like a fan of my girl. Mm-hmm. And she's you know she's lovely in it, and I mean we're talking about it so much now. Um, because, you know, it was important she was there and she did a good job. And I just hope, I don't know, I sometimes I worry that actors don't appreciate all their roles the way that they should, mm-hmm. uh, because it means something. Obviously, not every role. I mean, every movie is someone's favorite movie. So every role is going to mean something to someone. But I think that things like this, like, it means a lot. Yeah, right. So I have some notes. Let's just try and go through them quickly. They say shit in a PG movie. Mm-hmm. We've both said before that we've missed that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying shit in a PG movie. Um, there's a, some dialogue in this movie I hated, like, forced um, exposition. And you know how much I hate forced exposition. Mm-hmm. But, like, when Judy says, my mom can't have, it, have any more kids, Vader says, neither can mine, she's dead. It's Shelly that's pregnant. And it's like, right, okay, that's kind of oof. <laughs> that made me laugh. That actually made me laugh. No, I know, I know. It's it's funny the, the the way she says it, but when she adds, it's Shelley that's pregnant. Mm, it's like that's okay. for the audience to know that, okay, it, that gotcha, Shelley's gotcha. not her mum. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is funny until they add that bit. And it's like okay. right now, it's just exposition. I appreciate somebody who can joke about very traumatic yeah. things like that. 
I, I, yeah. I, I, I enjoy that. Uh, no, I don't I, like the line until that bit. Yeah. I've learned people aren't always receptive to you making jokes about your trauma, but mm. I, yeah. I at least am amused by it. I can't get away with it, but I'm amused by it. Yeah. Um, like the cop says, uh, too bad about your mom. At least she went peacefully. I've seen a lot of people go out the hard way. It's like, okay, we get it. He's a cop and he's probably seen some shit. Mm-hmm. Even though he seems like a useless fucking cop. <laughs> um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Kevin, that's the kid's name who okay. Judy likes, right? He's clearly 15 or 16. <laughs> He's yeah. clearly older than the girl. Mm-hmm. Charles Fleischer, the voice of Roger Rabbit, is okay. the cab driver. Okay. Who takes Veda from the airport randomly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angeline Ball, who plays Veda's mother, is... Irish, mm-hmm. and she the year before this she was in uh, Alan Parker's The Commitments. Mm-hmm. Um, she played the hot one in The Commitments. Yeah, I never saw that. I always wanted to see it. I never saw it. Oh, The Commitments is great. I I wouldn't I wouldn't cover it for this. Um, but it's it's great. You should you should give it a shot. Uh, the movie director kissing Vader was kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Um. He just kisses her on the head, which is fine, but he doesn't know her. It's a stranger. Yeah. And why would a grown man walk up to a child who didn't know and blow weed, uh, weed smoke in her face? What was that? That's just That rude. was pointless. Yeah. Uh, they completely dropped Veda talking to the audience until about an hour in when she says mm-hmm. she's going to see a fortune teller. Mm-hmm. That was pointless. By Aunt Rose, by niece Vader. I do like that because I say that with my niece. My niece just says uncle and then my name. And I usually say, you know, in response, I'll say niece, then <laughs> her name. And I just liked it when that happened in this movie. That's cute. Yeah, that's cute. Uh, so, anyway, next week's movie, we're doing another sequel to a movie that we've done, and it's Short Circuit 2. Okay. I like how you've told me this like five times and I keep forgetting. So I'm going to make my Yeah. Note. There you go. So write it down, Jen, that you have yeah. to watch Short Circuit 2 before next weekend. Uh, that's all we have time for. If you want to follow the podcast, it's at Drop the Pilot Pod. If you want to go to the website, shiftybest.co.uk. Um, and the number of fucking spam comments I have to delete in a day is getting ridiculous. But, you know, at least it's given the, the site some views I suppose contact at shiftybench.co.uk is the web um, web address <laughs> uh, email address uh, where can people find you online Jen I'm at pilot inspectors on twitter and I'll just leave it at that excellent thank you all for listening and we'll speak to you all next time goodbye goodbye